Oh no. Oh fuck. What? I almost dipped my microphone in coffee because I tried to drink <laughs> with my left hand instead of holding the mug in my right hand. Okay. That would be You got to get that right. That would be a very funny way to die, but uh, I'm not prepared to go just yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll keep it in mind, though, for when Bear I do. Bear it in mind, yeah, yeah, when yeah. When I get my inevitable stuff. Um, prostate uh, diagnosis in, in a couple of decades. Yep, yeah, it's always good to have a couple of options, you know, a couple of backdoors, yeah. so to speak. Amusing coffee mug explosion is definitely my number one right now. Yeah, sure. All right, well, let's start this uh, fucking thing. Uh, listener. It's been a while. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, uh, welcome to Weakness for Bleakness for episode 53, I think it is. Is it really? Maybe, if my labelling. I think so, yeah. Uh, do you know, I'm genuinely surprised we sort of got past the 15 mark, to be honest. I'm very proud of us. Me too. I think... Both of us sort of wordlessly realizing and acknowledging that uh, we were not going to have the gas to keep up a super professional schedule and try to make it like a product like most podcasts. I think that helps. Oh, definitely. That's just something we can drop into. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, it's a fucking crazy time where we're still recording uh, separate from each other because... Well, I mean, mostly just for car access reasons today, but uh, we are still in the realm of isolation and, and measures. In, as as in you can sense. tell, dear listener, from this crackling wireless type uh, uh, performance we're giving you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen closely uh, speaking to the of bulletin. Which... It's been a fucking <laughs> month. Dame Vera Lynn's died. Oh, <laughs> How appropriate. I didn't have anything to come back. Mm. <laughs> the queen of the yeah. wireless receiver has left us uh, after 103 well, years, Kieran. I, I, I think oh, it's, it's yeah. very appropriate that as the Tory party try to appropriate the uh, sort of spirit and kind of theatre of the Second World War, that the defining voice of the Second World War has passed away, never to be heard from again. Mm. <laughs> I, I think Dame Vera chose that moment very well, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody were paying attention to who she was or giving a shit, you might have a Karen. poignant little... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm speaking the truth. I don't... I'm ungirded. Facts don't care about your feelings. Well, nothing care. Nobody cares about my feelings. Uh, well, join the fucking club, I guess. Uh, it's been a fucking a time for this last month. So, in our extremely brief pre-record conversation, the one thing that we kind of acknowledged with it was that this is probably going to be a uh, an interestingly... It's not going to be a comprehensive account of events, really. And well, kind of, there have been so uh, many events... Um, I was going to do a sort of comedic downplaying of, no, not much has happened, really, which is why we haven't been recording. But that wouldn't be funny. Yeah. That would be crap. So I decided not to do it. 
Well, I've heard I've heard that on a few uh, podcasts actually uh, recently, and it's interesting how it started to make me angry. Where previously I would have a sensible chuckle at, at such a thing. Oh, ho, ho, ho. classic understatement. Yeah, now it's started <laughs> to turn on me. I think that could just be representative of a, a rapidly shortening temper and, and general sense of despair. But anyway, you yes, are crawling towards been... uh, middle age, Kieran. You don't have. You don't have any patience with japes and jinkery anymore. Now you're becoming short-tempered That's and business-like. Must must everything be taken from me then? Is yes. my question, I suppose. Yes, it must, Kieran. That's the way of things. Mm. You're the one who has yeah. been enthusing about Dark Souls um, out loud, as if tempting the universe to deliver some sort of experiential uh, retribution to you. You can't complain. Yeah. I was taught... Here's the most bougie possible way to interpret the fucking... uh, The goings-on. I was talking to my thesis supervisor about how uh, the shit that I was working on, the research that I was working on was, like, preoccupied with identifying the current moment and speaking about a current political moment or whatever. And then... And talking about how inevitably, you know, something was going to kick off things were going to change. There was going to be a moment of, of snapping. Uh, and then it came and I'm just fucking miserable. I, do, I <laughs> just completely fucking don't like that. I made the very easy prediction that, uh, shit be wild. I don't know, man. Well, I don't know. I think the very last recording that we did prior to this, I, I was kind of thinking out loud uh, as to just why it is, that, like, give, given the presidential standard in America for bastardry, horror, double dealing and betrayal, like why it is the American people were so particularly upset about Donald Trump and whether it was just a matter of yeah. his presentation style. Uh, and that question was answered mm. for me quite resoundingly, more or less as soon as you hit the stop button on the recording. Um, yeah, it is like a lot of it is to do with Trump's presentation style, but, uh, that is something that is viscerally more dangerous nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny how I, I kind of sort of forgot the importance of the theater of politics and was just focusing on the policies and the, you know, dry details that, um, yeah, yeah. The theater is the thing for. Uh, a lot of people, and that's not necessarily disparaging. You know, uh, if 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 the theatre inflames the capacity of kind of latent fascists to become more active, then of course that is something that you need to be genuinely afraid of and push back at, uh, which is happening yeah. to a, a very impressive extent in America, a sort of marginally impressive extent in Britain, and uh, you know, uh, we 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 had a. We had a walk on. We, we had one day in Australia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where we yeah. Pol- politely we said, "Can you stop doing ethnic cleansing, please?" Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. About four days of increased donations to to various uh, uh, charitable causes. Yeah, yeah. We Mads and I came out. We saw you there. Uh, yes, we you found me. Lost you. I got swept away by the by the tides of people. It's very difficult to backtrack once a group kind of 
wedges you yeah. uh, uh, and dad was like hell bent on just going forwards and so i was kind of yeah. trailing in his wake a little bit no that's all right it, it was just funny to me how immediate it was because i think we were slightly ahead of you and i was like determined to get around the kind of uh the the sort of bottleneck that was happening at the corner of burke and then i looked back because you know you were a couple of steps behind us when we started and then i just for some reason anticipated that you would be a couple of steps behind us then and then like you you weren't because there were fucking ten thousand people there yeah uh, and i immediately just went like oh well fuck we're not finding him again space is but filled quickly good, good to i was see quite anyway. pleased with the day out and i had a well at some point between leaving richmond and moving um over the river i uh, my overcoat mm. and scarf got attacked by moths so I did have a, a very genuine kind of early 20th century anarchic vibe going on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because of yeah, the damage no, to were. my clothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate moths. doesn't wear her moth-eating coat anymore. Well, I mean, They're I didn't... I, I only really realized once I'd left the house and was on the train. But it's astonishing what yeah. we've achieved as, as, a, as a collective, as, as a species, that the... Moth, which is a particularly mm. crap, ineffectual, shitty insect. Um, yeah. The moth still has us so completely and totally on the run. I'm, I'm very impressed with them. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never realised that that's what it's like. You know, they get in there, and once they start their terrible work, you basically just got to fucking ride it out. Like you can fight back and try to track down their nests and vacuum them, but when it's like, oh, simply move everything that you own away from the wall. Yeah, and like. <clears throat> Brutal. I live with an artist, Darcy, so our house is full of bullshit. Like, the prospect of moving <laughs> everything away from the wall and exposing every area of the carpet to, to sunlight is a pure fantasy. Yes, it is. Well, also, got a- just the, the, the location of your windows makes it very unlikely that you'll be able to it's a, completely it's a cover the floor in sunlight. Sort of- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we've got... And, like, I don't want to pure... Like, implicate only meds there's also a bunch of music bullshit around and a bunch of shit that i have in boxes and stuff and it's just like all right well we can fight them and maybe attenuate the damage a little bit but there's just no way no way that we're gonna win yeah you both they've settled down a bit you you have a very late 20th century kind of um aesthetic in your house it is very hardware focused (laughs) lots of cables yeah (laughs) haven't really gone wireless with anything <clears throat> Still running an HDMI cable from the TV to the laptop. Still using fucking power boards that uh, Mads' grandpa built, which are not safe. Like Mads' grandpa think about it for built. More than five, so. Yeah, he was an electrician. Oh, thank so goodness. So there's all these like homemade. They're very well made power well, boards, but they, they were made in like the. F- but they were made in the like sixties and seventies and eighties and shit, and it's like. There's no surge protection on them. They're not... This, they were designed f- for a different time, Darcy, where you were just expected to lose a quarter of your children in house fires oh my as a goodness. matter of course. But- the, the flat that I have moved into had some, some work done by a previous tenant uh, who was an idiot. So what, what they'd done was that a fuse had gone in the box. They had replaced mm. it with copper wire. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, so we almost got killed when we left the radiator on. <laughs> of course, beautiful, nice Fucking touch. insane. <laughs> Just short circuit that uh, crucial <laughs> safety device. Fuse wire is uh, crap for a reason. It is not supposed to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very important you safety mechanism. burns out extremely <laughs> easy, yeah. Yeah. Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was nice and harrowing. It is that a was... bit like it is a bit like some of the early experimentations in like uh, car safety, where they're just like, "We'll just build this as rigid as a fucking skyscraper," and then the result was just that the driver, in the event of a crash, would get rattled around like a fucking paint shaking uh, machine when they crashed. And it's like, well, the car is fine, but the occupants are liquefied. Yeah, That's, yeah, it was uh, the um, the percussive power of the of the impact. So, what happens yeah. when you take, like, in fairness, a, a horse drawn cart and just bolt a combustion engine to it and kind of go out? Well, yeah, my work we'll here see is how done. we'll see how that goes for a bit. <laughs> I wonder if we need to change the um, design to uh, reflect <laughs> the fact it now goes eight times faster. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Faster than any human has ever gone in history, by the way, except when they were yeah. falling off a fucking cliff. Like, <laughs> and it's just it's literature. lost the capacity to like independently spot danger and stop itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many fucking first uh, motorists do you think just casually drove into fences because they were yeah. used to the horse taking the initiative? Oh, I'm sure it would have been fairly hectic. Yeah. Not that you would do that on a horse-drawn cart either, but, you know. Uh, the fuses in our house, Darcy, are, like, extremely old-fashioned. They're just the, like, little ceramic kind of uh, wafers with the fuse wire just I wrapped around. I remember your fuse box. It's <laughs> a, your fuse box is a sort of archaeologist's delight. It's all Bakelite and brass and things. It's it's very it's it disquieting, looks, but it works. The, it looks they like are a fuses, console not... from one of the first computers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. There's some punch card in there that fucking <laughs> does something. Who knows? Who understands if technology? If house burn down, then do not burn down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ten. Print. Help. Twenty. Go to ten. <laughs> It's a poetry um, all of its own coding language. It is. It is. I'm waiting for the first obnoxious uh, uh, conceptual poetry through Python or something from the, the endless multi-classing that we're forced to do. I'm sure it exists. I just oh, the Zoomers it. will have been... The Zoomers have been doing it since they were 11. They'll, they'll, they'll be all over it. It's just... Uh, it hasn't yeah. filtered up to us yet. Yes. Now that we are, we've taken uh, Gen X's place, I guess, as the sort of the transient nowhere zone generation. It's been fucking a little bit rapid for my liking. Yeah. Well, this like this is how last... how things go. You know, of one course, day your back's fine, the next day your back's fucked. Yeah. At least That's we didn't true. suffer well, the indignity I... of. Gen X were just born that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ruined from the start. Well, I mean, we're brushing up against one of our sort of loose topics for the week, so shall we run the intro music and then Shall we get into it? Yeah, why not? Warfare? 
Generation Wars, the best wars. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you spend. Well, just to come, the captain said, the icebergs only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, everyone their own damn spies, remember when the world was wise, we know, no, no. <laughs> They're the most productive yeah, and um, and helpful. <clears throat> I think yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they serve an important um, role of criticism. I think it's it's yeah. uh, it's to your benefit when the younger generation develops the wherewithal to critique the cultural mores that you've developed, because you obviously won't listen when the old people tell you that you're being an no. idiot. But of course, when it comes from people who you've been uh, trained by society to think the young will look up to me because I am wise and experienced, and then you discover that they think yeah. you're a knob, is uh, <laughs> a, a, a great moment that should be seized and used to uh, almost Nazi-like uh, purge yourself of sickly ideas. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has value. So, to contextualize for the listener, we're talking about the recent rash of uh, bloodthirsty attacks on the millennial generation by the Zoomers, who we've been selflessly uh, declaring the future of political and social progress, and who have repaid us for this. Uh, <laughs> with this with a sort of with- tw- Twitter-based <clears throat> crystal knacked. Completely merciless, completely fucking brutal. Uh, there are two sides to this. There are the the uh, there's the overall uh, thing, which is that it's it's funny and it doesn't matter. And millennials ter- tying themselves into knots over it is is a very graceless uh, fucking look. And then there's the second side, which is uh, fuck you, young kids, <laughs> you fucking assholes. You have no idea what you're talking about. Which, well, of course, uh, yeah. I have to confess to being somewhat with them. Um, it's probably not a huge surprise to most of the listeners points. that I've never been massively enamoured of millennial culture from the emo <laughs> movement uh, through to the fetishization of the avocado. Um, I've yeah. always felt somewhat embarrassed by the worst youth culture in the history of youth cultures, like worse than hippies even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know how much of that is just being ensconced within it, and and you're a counter mainstream sort of guy in your sort of you know media and aesthetics and stuff. So you've you've had to you've been you've had this identification thrust upon you. Uh, I don't know that it's the worst, but I will agree that like all youth cultures, it's it's terrible. The emo thing was unforgivable. I think so. I, I was kind of relieved that's, when that's the, still the, going on, dude. When the hipster trajectory started, not that I thought that Diablo Cody was a godsend or anything, but it was a nice change of pace from, um, I don't know, looking like a sort of goth who couldn't dress themselves, which I guess is what the emo thing was. Um, yeah, which was. Just, but with an odd taste for day glow colors, as if uh, 
you know, you needed to sort of adorn yourself with some kind of safety markers. Do you remember there were all those day glow pinks and yeah. greens and things attached? Oh, it was hideous. Uh, if- yeah, yeah. That is a hundred percent still going on, though. Is by it? the way, the fact that when that's, yeah, the fact that we're not at high school, it's it's changed. It's not that's exactly the same. Inconceivable. Why would you do that? There's not going to be any yourself? group. There's not going to be any group of two thousand. Uh, two thousand. Uh, any group of sixteen-year-olds who don't lean on embarrassing sincerity in some way or another and fuck well. it up by their underdeveloped and weak sense of aesthetics. If they're That's still universal. doing emo things, then Gen Z need to pull their fucking heads in, Karen. They're in no... I'll tell you what, the only... They have no There's emo hip-hop on. now, Darcy. There's emo hip-hop? There's emo hip-hop. Yeah. Sound, sound, so SoundCloud the, rap. The fucking bleeding corpse of punk music wasn't enough. Now we've got to go after hip-hop as well. Disgraceful. Yeah, everything has to be killed. Grunge, uh, punk died, grunge died, classic rock died, hip hop. Well, was I never mean, grunge escape. was kind of born dead, wasn't it? Well, this is this is the interesting thing. I will say not not grunge specifically because that was kind of a an after the fact, uh, I think, misidentification of what was going on. But the only thing that I will give to Generation X is I think that their youth culture was of the youth cultures the most solid. I think that's a fair call it, on the whole. Um, it was the first one of, to meaningly address, uh, sorry, meaningfully address kind of sexism and racism, which the boomers yeah. didn't. Um, uh, well, the boomers didn't comprehensively. They sort of started the process of rejecting old ideas, but they were mostly just interested in mm. drugs and sex. There <laughs> wasn't a lot of like um, critical theory being pushed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the civil rights movement. That was pre-boomer. Was good. It didn't. Ha- they were the boomers yeah, yeah, were like yeah, six yeah, years yeah. old when no, the civil rights movement happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm no, I know. I'm just, I'm working out my thinking. Silent generation obviously deserves some. You some can't let the boomers get away with because the th- the things they claim are the Second World War and the civil rights movement, both of which they had absolutely fucking nothing to do with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know, I know. I'm, I'm thinking out loud, Darcy, and following the train down. And what do we have? We've got like David Bowie doing the fucking uh, uh, dance song set in Australia. Like that was the level of engagement with social issues. Was like weird, <laughs> utopian, fake, like really quite offensive. Representation. Yeah, it was, was Band Aid, basically, wasn't it? Uh, or yeah, yeah. Live Aid. Sorry. I think they ended up calling yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. 100%. They, so, um, the exes, at least, they didn't have any parental supervision, so they just their rock bands just toured around in shitty old vans uh, the whole time. And they were ge- generally, you know, you look at some of the stuff that was happening with, with Cobain's set and, and Kathleen Hanna and shit and see the, the workings of a sort of sincere... Uh, inclusive attitude that hadn't descended into parody. Well, authenticity was very important to Gen X initially, wasn't it? More than, um, Mm. more than kind of quality or um, more than functionality or practicality. Authenticity seemed to be the primary virtue that they were chasing. Yeah. And authenticity is a fucking myth 
and it can be as damaging as it can be helpful, but like it can be a good basis for, for stuff. So, you know, that's the only credit that I'll give to Generation X. I don't think that overall, uh, well, I think it's come out ahead in any I think other- it's come through quite well. I think they've made decent parents. On the whole, I think um, compared to well, they're raising they're raising the zoomers that are tearing us to shreds on TikTok. Well, that's what, that's what I mean. I think they've been fairly decent parents. I think <laughs> I think the obsession with authenticity probably makes you a, a fairly um, a more reliable parent than previous generations. Yeah, well, definitely better than the boomers on average as a whole. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, most boomers are only just starting to come out of their adolescence uh, on their deathbeds. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones that um, are at all, that is. Yeah, yeah, a, a small portion of them. So the Zoomers are on on TikTok. I think the, the, the flashpoint was the video on TikTok that was talking about how millennials are obsessed with their uh, Harry Potter house. Yeah. Yeah, which is largely which has, true. I think for British and American millennials, maybe more than Australian ones. Although I do, oh, there are enough. Still, know, I was about to say, I do still know plenty of Australians who are obsessed with Harry Potter. And I have to confess, yeah. from the age of mm. ten to maybe fourteen, I was very into Harry Potter. Of um, course, I mean it was a cultural phenomenon. They're it was a entertaining stories. Thing. They're it was exciting. better than, you know, but, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe and that sort of thing. But sure. um, I, what I found, though, is that The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe has uh, readable value as an adult, where Harry Potter doesn't. Like, I um, yeah. never really mm. – I never finished the fifth book, and I obviously didn't continue with it after that. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean uh, – an essential point of maturity for millennials, I would say, is reaching the point at which you realize the shortcomings of the Harry Potter uh, uh, franchise and kind of realize that aesthetics can be engaging and exciting, but they can only take you so far if, for example, you have some very uh, uh, unsubtly coded Jews who run the banking system in... Ah. In Harry Potter Land, or Look, if your that- only Asian character's name is Cho Chang, <laughs> which a lot of people have gone into, it's like a Korean last and, name and a Chinese last name mashed together. Yeah, and and also they're from Scotland, and there's no reference made to like any kind of actual Asian or Scottish culture. They're just sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah, a Scottish a uh, Asian person who's fundamentally English, but. Um, I it's, think it's funny whenever anybody calls rallying out about uh uh like representation and they were like you don't have any actual Jewish characters and she's like yes I do I have the Goldsteins and they're like I don't think there are any Irish people are there and she's like yes there's the student who builds bombs all the time <laughs> and it's just like on every <laughs> on every marker it's like oh fuck you really are a fucking uh, <laughs> an English woman huh yeah, yeah, she's Middle England. Um, <laughs> she's really is. She, she's, I, focus groups would love her, but mm. I think I think the big problem with the series was just the fact that uh, she had to produce one a year on, in time for the yeah. Christmas sales. Basically, I think you that can was, feel it. You can feel it fall apart a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like the first sort of three books, which are the best ones, are essentially. Yeah. Um, written from 
ideas had obviously been percolating and brewing in her mind for a while and are drawn from, you know, fairly noticeable kind of medieval lore and, and, and European folk tales and things. And then in the, yeah. the fourth one, that, that sort of, um, that natural resource has been expo- exhausted and she's had to start fracking basically with the fourth book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so uh, uh, there's, yep. there's a very sharp from the third book to the fourth book is fucking enormous. Uh, it's fact, it's almost as if they've got a completely different writer in. Yeah, yeah, it is a it's definitely a turning point. I can see an alternate universe where the fourth would have represented a fulcrum into into something good. But yeah, it it's, it's the thing that here's the thing with the fourth book, right? The whole thing centers around a tournament, a sporting event which is of great interest to the wizarding community. It's a spectator thing. Everybody's very excited about. The three fucking events are, one, a fight with a dragon. That's a great spectator sport. The second event takes place completely underwater. Yeah, but they still the third, have, they still have like, stands set up for people to just yeah. look at the surface of the lake. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and wait and just anxiously contemplate that the other people might have drowned. And then the third event takes place in a fucking maze where yep. the audience is just watching the outside of a maze. What the fuck? <laughs> Like, on a, such a basic level, you can't be, like, come up with three things that have spectacle? <laughs> but this is what I mean. <laughs> this is where it becomes clear that she has been rushed through a process, you know, where yeah. uh, she probably would have needed, you know, two to three years per book after the first three were released. Yeah. But, you know, sh- it, it, in the end, it doesn't matter because she's made her transphobia a matter of public record, and she's uh, properly cancelled now. Which is yeah, she really. I mean, jumped, it's relieving to have something jumped in with Linehan on that, didn't she? She went both feet. She was like, "I'm not a turf," and here's why I'm not a turf, and then just listed every fucking transphobic canard that makes up the position of transphobia in modern discourse. Like it was stunning and sort of fairly conclusive. So uh, it was, yeah, yeah. And I, n- not much sympathy because uh, she has the resources at her disposal to be informed about whatever she wants to be informed about. Really, it's not you know she never yeah. has to work again ever, and she's got billions of dollars. So she could <laughs> she could literally have her yeah. own personal gender studies professor explain things to her if she wanted to. Yeah. But she doesn't. No. Uh, so, yeah, it's, so it's nice to see. Anyway, it's ni- it's nice to see people who are hurtling towards uh, forty being informed by teenagers that their sort of fixation with this uh, children's book series is becoming yeah. unsightly, <laughs> and for yeah. some reason being like really alarmed and hurt by that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how it happens, because, like, as one of many millennials who have decoupled themselves from Harry Potter uh, out of necessity and, and you know, uh, continuing to think past the end of high school, um, I obviously don't identify with that with that, th- that, that thing. So, like, even 
so of course when yeah when i saw the harry potter houses stuff it was like ha 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 yeah you're right it's fucking disgusting and everybody should stop that cut that shit out you've got a fucking superannuation fund now uh, <laughs> yeah I, the 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 um the, that ties in nicely to the other things Ubers hate about millennials, which is the sort of deliberate infanticization of uh, of ourselves that seems to have been a generational kind of point of pride for some bizarre reason or hallmark, you know. Yeah, it's one of the things With- that's always shitted me about our generation and like the conditions of our generation is I've felt that impulse to infantilism as an external force and like that's how i see it is primarily as a, a a power play from older generations who have more resources i.e the boomers who are determined to keep our sense of self-determination at at a as minimum as they can possibly get it so i don't understand why people are fucking enthusiastic about that either because it's been done through the medium mostly of advertising and culture creators like um, Cracked and BuzzFeed who owe their, you know, uh, living to advertisers who yeah. <clears throat> have have basically the, the, the push to create the perfect generation of consumers, which they failed at with Generation X because Gen X were, I think, raised – too uh, early um, for the kind yeah. of t- to take advantage of that collapse of ideas that took place at the start of the 1990s. Um, but we yeah. were perfectly situated to be uh, bombarded with um, anti-ideas, anti-critique, um, anti-aging in a in a more kind of insidious way than than the conventional abuses women are subject to, kind of thought mm. modeling um, yeah, to create yeah. a perpetual consumer generation, essentially. Yeah. 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 It's, it's well put. It's just frustrating to see it work. You know, there's, as, I don't know why I'm liable to this. Cause I would have thought of myself as, as smarter than this, but like identifying problems with my own sort of whatever group, uh, I happen to be in identifying problems with that group identity and, and critiquing them, and then I don't know why I suddenly get disappointed when. Uh, well, you realise some of that it's rubbed turns off. Out to actually, be the case. Yeah. Well, not that it's rubbed off, but just that that I don't know. I can't explain it. It's a sort of it's a weird double think that I've just identified in myself uh, under the righteous assault of the Zoomers, which is mostly fully justified. <laughs> Some of their points about uh, our failure to enact political change, I'm not so sure about. Uh, well, yeah, that, cause that's just a, that's just a numbers game. Um, if they had, it's a numbers you know, game, and it's a, a slow shifting of. In in many ways, know. the um, <laughs> the Zoomers have a much easier job than we had politically because it fell to yeah millennial um, public advocates to push life back into the leftist movement that had been um, betrayed by the boomers and then kind of abandoned by the exes, you know? Yeah. Cause they didn't have the numbers to do anything meaningful with it. Well, and they'd um, witnessed, although the they could collapse. have tried harder, but then 
I think in fairness to Gen X, yeah, they, yeah. Had, they had witnessed the complete collapse of these various kind of international um, working movements and um, an international kind yeah. of, you know, more, more like self-identifying leftist movements like the USSR and so forth and, and Deng Xiaoping's yeah. kind of um, surrendering of, of Chinese uh, government to, you know, Western capitalist pressure and all these sorts of different different things. I can kind of understand why their fingers were burnt. We benefited a lot from not physically witnessing any of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, for sure. I like the whole my I guess my whole outlook here is that like when it when you talk about generations in politics and stuff the whole thing is so clearly from a distance the product of uh f- external forces and collective experience and numbers that like for anybody to take credit for anything feels pretty fucking perverse but you know they're teenagers so whatever <laughs> I think it's important to like to uh to not not like uh big ourselves up too much because there's been a lot of inaction and and sort of nihilistic uselessness in our generation and and buying in and stuff but also like to highlight our importance in the shift uh as people who were just sort of entering adulthood uh and getting hit with fucking 911 and then a sequence of financial crashes and failed wars and like the disastrous kind of acceleration of neoliberalism to have that to to be raised within a myth and then to have it fucking dashed against the rocks in front of our eyes just before we got to participate in it that was uh a shitty thing to to go through but also like hugely important in in revitalizing leftist movements and stuff so it was uh, yeah look at our generation is the uh the manure that has grown the rows of gen z um yeah but basically. i also don't want to lionize them too much because uh they have a lot of fucking too much uh, uh, i don't think i am nazis and shit as well every a generation is a mass of contradictions exactly but in in terms of they're having a broadly less infantilized and less time-wasting culture i think yeah. that follows uh from ours more than it uh, defies it. Yeah, I think so. Can't we all just get along? Although, yeah, no, they're fucking, their aesthetic and, critiques are right on the fucking money. And, and I'll tell you something painful. else. Uh, avocado mm. is very overrated. It's a pleasant fruit. I don't dislike avocado, but it's a very mm. mild um, flavor. You know, it aromatically contributes very little. Textually, it often ruins dishes. It's nice, but um, I've I've been gagging to see the avocado cult called out for some while. Quite frankly, we'll see. Here, here, I think you've made a mistake, Darcy, in mistaking the subject for the uh, for the uh, medium. If that makes sense. Uh, I used to eat avocado on toast as a kid, and it was not a fucking special thing, except insofar as avocados were a bit more expensive than other fruit. Well, it isn't but a special like, thing. <clears throat> yeah, you mash it up you, with salt and pepper. It's, it's fucking delicious. Avocado is fine, but I will grant you that the no, uh, I, seasoning I, of it I always market, maintained that avocado was fine. I, I said it was a pleasant flavor. I've just been irritated by the kind of avocado 
wow sort of nonsense that yeah. people have been doing. Although some of it arose in oh. results to Bernard Salt's idiot comments about <laughs> you yeah. can't afford a house because you eat too much fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best mm. thing I've ever heard from a professional demographer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just want us to 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 be clear that it's a it's a, a capitalism problem. There, it's marketing and and seizing and creating and manufacturing markets that is at the root of the avocado problem. And if it weren't avocado, it would be fucking something else. Like, uh, I don't know. All of the things that it's been, acai berries, uh, quinoa. Ah, oh, quinoa. Fucking yeah. kombucha. Kombucha's a funny one. I don't mind kombucha. Mum and dad uh, used to brew their own at home, so I'm sort of quite used to it. It's a, I find it a pleasant. I don't like a lot of soft drink because um, it's far too sweet. Mm. I find kombucha a sort of satisfying uh, compromise between savoury and uh, non-savoury. Because it's not quite, you know, it's not sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, though, the problem is not kombucha, but... The, no, it's not. It's the culture. The, the, the disgusting... The marketing, the exploitation. And, and obsessions that arise from it. And, and, and the absurd overestimation of its health benefits. <laughs> it's just a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's fermenting, which is healthy for question mark. Yeah. Um, Fermentation's usually more kind of effective or efficacious. If, if, if you're still eating the food, fermentation can help you, you know, unlock nutrients and aid digestion and so forth. Mm. It, it's not quite the same when it's in liquid form. <laughs> mm. um, the, the nail that I want to put, in the in the coffin of the the generation war, the only thing that I really uh, oh fuck, the only thing that really concerns me about this because mostly it's just hysterical, and this doesn't really concern me either. But it's the only distressing element has been to see Zoomers replicate the critiques of the Boomers, which is semi rare. But it's definitely part of the discourse. The the Zoomers saying uh, that our generation is 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 uh, inherently lazy, and our our lack of success economically has something in part to do with our our personal motivations and not our conditions. Yeah, but Fuck I mean, Zoomers. that's also very Fuck funny because because they're about to walk into those comments themselves. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's true. There's no that's real anxiety be very there funny. because. They are one hundred percent going to realize what that actually means. What, what those uh, critiques are, man. Just don't. As long as they don't mulch me, I'm happy to to hand over the the youth torch to to Zoomers and watch them ascend and flower. Uh, but yeah, just as long as they don't fucking shoot me. Uh, I don't think you need to worry. I don't style. think any of them are going to be able to afford to live anywhere near you. <laughs> That's a good point. They're gonna uh, they're gonna restart the barter economy. They'll all be living in fucking nylon tents out in Morabin. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, the terrible ones might live near me. They'll have to trek uh, to the wetlands to take a shit because there won't be any sanitation. Yeah, 
but they'll have excellent. Now who's laughing? An excellent culture of gender tolerance. Yeah, which is really what it's all about. <laughs> now, what uh, was your what was your next bit? Well, it's it's uh, more your next bit than mine. We were going to talk about statuary. Oh, statuary. Public statuary. The furor of a public statuary. Why must you debase history in 1984? (laughs) Yes, all of that. 1984, the book about how the real heroes were the police. And the, the uh, <laughs> how the real history was the one the government told you about and defended. Yes, the book that clearly more people need to read before they fucking rely on in an argument. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck me. So, statues aren't an educational tool. I'm sure that's probably not news to anyone who's listening to this, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. Like um, they've never been. Uh, Short Gordon, of a like high school field trip, stopping by a statue as part of a larger thing. That's about the maximum utility, so that a fucking disinterested and uh, sexually crazed fifteen-year-old can go. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah. So obviously. Um, <laughs> The reason that that this is coming up is because as as something that's flowed from the Black Lives Matter um, protests and uh, actions in the North Atlantic uh, that have Mm -hmm. spread around the world. Uh, In Bristol, um, Edward, what's his name? Colston? Yeah. Who cares? Edward if his, was... If his statue was still up, you'd probably... You'd have a... a I'd know a who he was. Resource. Was, his statue was... I sex, could yeah. merely make the trip to Bristol and read the three words on the plaque. Simple as. Uh, yeah. So, he, he was thrown in the river by residents of Bristol who were fed up yeah. with the fact that um, peaceful protest hadn't worked. So, basically, yeah. there was... An, you know, all this stuff. Oh, well, there are channels. There are ways that we sort of handle this. The community consensus in mm-hmm. Bristol had been for decades that Edward Colston had to go and that nobody wanted his fucking statue in the town square, right? But um, yeah. that democratic mandate was never honoured. So eventually they yeah. decided to just rip it down and throw it in the fucking sea where it belongs. Uh, and, of Absolutely. course, this immediately led to accusations that history was being erased. History. Um, which brings me to Major General uh, Charles Gordon, uh, who you know of because we have a statue of him. Yep, yep. Are I'm you familiar, familiar with... Because of that statue. With um, uh, Major General Charles Gordon? Large, large fellow made out of metal, is that correct? He's made out of stone. Or is he made out of stone? I believe. Uh, I do or, have to confess, I don't have a fucking clue. Might be bronze. I'm not sure. Uh, outside Parliament yeah. Station, actually where the Black Lives Matter protest uh, met early this month, um, there yeah. is that reserve, Gordon Reserve, uh, you will know of it, and there is a yep. tall yeah, yeah. plinth 
on which stands a man with his arms crossed. Mm-hmm. Now I know about the irony here is that I can I can I can picture the area and I can kind of like I'm aware of the plinth and the statue there, but I'm more or less conditioned to just fucking phase statues out of my perception of the surroundings because they're usually boring and pointless. So there's there's a certain <laughs> level of something something happening there. Well, Charles Corden, yeah. Was a was a astonishing international criminal, um, <laughs> mm. Um, mm. and very little is known about him, despite him having not just a statue but a very tall statue. I only knew about him because I happened to have read a historic uh, account of the Mahdi's uprising in Sudan, which was right. triggered by what statue did you What statue did you read that on? I did. This is the thing. It was a book. Uh, it was a book that I so, bought from uh, a bookshop by a historian who wrote a book about history. Ah, uh, that sounds a bit suspicious to me. And I only anyway. discovered that that statue was of Major General Charles Gordon subsequent mm. to learning about who he was through a book about history. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, ask backwards then. I. Basically, but I've found that this is conventionally how it works. Um, more and more, I've been finding that people discover historical facts from historical research, not passively from ornaments. That's really fascinating. Have you looked into getting this research published on a statue? Well, no, I, 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 I can't do that because the statue's already there. This is the catch twenty two. We already well, this have. This would be your own statue. It would be a statue of you with a plaque that that listed that the explains idea that, that I that sometimes people come to historical facts through reading books and not through reading statues. You're suggesting that I promote the historic study of historic events um, by means of a statue in order to dissuade people from using statues as sort of monument markers, uh, lessons in historic events. Precisely, yes. Look, I mean, it's definitely worth a try. Could Mads potentially <laughs> sculpt me the statue? I can't make it myself. I'm I'm an absolute dunce at art and art production. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do some research and see if there are any statues of sculptors that she could maybe learn from uh This is the problem. Uh, in where, the city, but- where are the statues indexed? That's a great question. I are assume we, somewhere there's some sort of massive statue with referential. It's like a, sta- a scale statue of the city with tiny statues in it. But oh. then, of course, the problem with that is that they have to recreate a scale version of the scale statue, and then it's they're still Was, making it. They've been working on it since 1901. This is this potentially why the Taliban destroyed the uh, great ancient Buddha statues? Because they were the international mm. um, statue reference. Uh, you could sort yeah. of, if you repositioned the arms in various ways, then beams of light from the heavens would guide you to the statue that you needed. <laughs> You've actually accidentally uh like triggered probably an offensive connection in my mind but like I'm not the only person to to make this point but uh the uh 
Islamic tradition of not representing people in statuary is proving to be a yes. very strong position. Uh, well, in light of all it of is. There was a wonderful comment, wasn't there, from a man, a young Muslim man, who was being told that if you want to take down statues of Edward <laughs> Colston, you've got to take down your statues of bloody Muhammad. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Don't even have to think about it. You drive a hard bargain, sir, but <laughs> I'm prepared to shake on it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. And then I, I remember reading about that and some insistent little bastards tracking down, like, very specific unorthodox uh, examples of places where the people had made statues of Muhammad. And it was just like to the reduced to the point of such absurdity where again, the, the people, you know, the, the, uh, the Muslims who believed in avoiding idolatry, like it took them so much work to point out this exception only for the people to turn around and be like, yeah, but my whole point is, sure, take them down, because... They're not again, supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for but the it, help, my it's brother. It's also, it's the kind of the idea of, like, a monument to a semi-historical person, or a completely... Like, in the case of, say, you know, uh, the 19th century enthusiasm for, like, Greco-Roman pagan representation in art... And you yeah. sort of say this is a statue of Zeus, and you sort of think, well, mm. it's a, it's a, it's a man that you've with a plaque on it saying Zeus, but there's no actual reference yeah. point to be like, oh yeah, no, I can see that that's Zeus, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind it's of similar because Ma- because mm. there was never actually like a physical description of Muhammad really in the Quran or you know. A, a picture from his lifetime that we know about. It's sort of like, mm. yeah, I can see that that's a guy. <laughs> yeah. There's no strong evidence it's that you've some... tra- that you've portrayed Muhammad successfully. <laughs> yeah. The law of chance would suggest that he probably didn't look like that. If you've just had a reckon, yeah. the likelihood of just randomly stumbling upon the visage of God's most holy prophet is like slim to none. I would have thought. I think to, to get it right would be a strong argument that maybe there was divine intervention that would kind of... Well, that would... That, you'd have to question fucking everything, genuinely, yeah. if somebody got it right. So, by that token, maybe people of the Islamic faith should just relax on the statue thing with that little shit-eating caveat in mind. That's not a representation of Muhammad, because you don't know what he looks like. And if it is accurate, then God clearly is telling us that it's fine. So, yeah. knock yourself out. It's a it's I've a reference it. to solved... to a prophet Muhammad, not the prophet Muhammad. Yeah, I've I've just single handedly solved the quote unquote. You fixed Islam with. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, if we find the top Muslim and let him know, I'm sure he'll be very grateful to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get me the Muslim pope. Uh, <laughs> get me the, get me the boss fucking... of Islam. Get me the... Yeah. Another thing that you'll see stupid fucking reactionaries talk about from time to time. They're like, this goes like the Muslim Pope. And you've got to be like, ah, well, it's fundamentally decentral anyway. It's um, also very much worth, I, I've been like intrigued by people who are like, oh, well, what about the pyramids then? They were built by slaves. 
uh, which they weren't. Um, although they are monuments to slave owners, that was a more accurate mm. angle to take. However, the pyramids are firstly like they're actually valuable historic artifacts as opposed to Victorian yeah. statues, which are not valuable historical artifacts in the slightest. <laughs> um, because we don't, you know, we don't need clues as to how Victorian England or Victorian Victoria actually functioned. Like we have all of yeah. the records. But they're also not like specifically being like, how great was this slave owner? Is not it's yeah. not the same communication at all. Um, yeah. And it's also, Fundamental you know... to the fabric of our society and culture. <laughs> this man, who you've never heard of, whose main notable things are that he gave 500 pounds to a reading society and owned 50 people. Yeah. And, and also, like, worth noting that modern-day Egyptians are not, like venerating the pharaohic tradition as being, you know, yeah, a fundamental yeah. and inviable kind of basis for their society. <laughs> if yeah. we had, like, the uninterrupted original Egyptian culture who were uncritically engaged in, you know, pharaohic worship still, then maybe there would be an argument that something needs to be done with the pyramids. Uh, yeah. But we aren't, so it's completely bunk. <laughs> I love that the counter is always like, oh, yeah, this thing? Well, what about this other bullshit that nobody cares about? And it's just like, <laughs> no, it's not the same. Well, All the things that main, people care about, you know about. Like our, our main kind of cultural artifact that pertains to the Egyptians is probably still the Book of Exodus, um, in, in, in which, you know, like the idea that, Pharaoh was a slave owner, was roundly condemned. <laughs> yeah. But only because yeah. they were, you know, Israelites. It sure. wasn't. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I do quite like the, the bare facery of the Old Testament with its kind of, you know, just like, oh, yeah, but like the problem is that we were slaves. Yeah. When it's it not was an Canaanite, institutional nobody... issue. <laughs> it was just that yeah. wasn't supposed to happen to us. We're from a good family. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is very much the the Cuban plantation owner's daughter talking about how her parents had everything taken by Castro. And yeah, like, it Hold is. Hold on a second, I've just looked them up, and it turns out that they were brutal slave owners. Yeah, one hundred percent. The problem is, like, obviously nobody wants to be a slave. We agree that that is a bad situation to find yourself in. However, some yes. people just have to. Some people yeah. just have to. Yeah. You know. It's 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 stiff. We didn't murder thousands and thousands of Philistines on a hill with a jawbone just to be enslaved. <laughs> I forgot about it's the not fucking. Us. I forgot about the fucking jawbone. <laughs> yeah, Samson. Oh, that's right. And it's like, yeah. Why did it's he need the jawbone? The first, based on his like, yeah, the I'm not sure. The powers that Samson is kind of supposed to possess i would have thought that a jawbone mm. would have been a completely negligible upgrade for him it would be like superman yeah. having a jawbone <laughs> so yeah, weird yeah. it's an impediment if everything if yeah anything. it's also just generally weird that there is a significant character in the old testament whose thing is just that god made him fucking jacked yeah and that he uh, could just uh, <laughs> 
do anything. <laughs> as long as he lady. kept his hair in a sufficiently distressed condition. Yeah. It's I like think, somebody read about Heracles and they were like, I want one of them. I think it's supposed to be an allegory for like spiritual strength. So um, Samson, by like adopting the kind of paraphernalia of humility and penitence, was mm. rendered yeah. spiritually strong. And then when he succumbed to temptation and um, violated that kind of, you know, yeah. theatre of, of humility, then he was rendered uh, weak. I, th- I, I think that's – I've been sort of trying to figure out what a lot of the Old Testament points are supposed to be without – I don't have time yeah. to read the Talmud. Like, it's – it's too. <laughs> yeah. It's really. It's much harder than the Christian version, which is like the sort of um, decontextualized, sort of easy digest form. Uh, the yeah. the rabbinical That's... version requires literally a lifetime of study that I don't have. So I just sometimes try to reflect on it. Yeah. And I assume. Well, that I mean, Samson's the only problem I have telling with that... that story. Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. Uh... As a, as a fairly neat allegory. The only problem I have with that is that his, and I mean, it's, I'm not surprised by this. It's the Old Testament way, but like his spiritual strength is always expressed through the wholesale murder of other people. Like even at the end where he's like his final mobile thing is to, to yeah, make to a building destroy collapse. the Philistine temple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to kill himself and. Hundreds of other people. Look, it's it's true. It's a particularly uh. bloodthirsty form of spirituality. But I suppose mm. it's it's the consequence of the fact that uh, the Fertile Crescent was the origin point for fighting over territory uh, in, mm. in a kind of modern sense. It was a very violent place because it was yeah. the end of the nomadic. Well, I mean, it tracks... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tracks with everything. It tracks with. But yeah, uh, the it's other a good argument the... against the fact that it's bona fide word from God because it is really <laughs> unnecessarily violent as fuck. Yeah, it's very. It's got very Frank Miller kind of ultimate Talmud vibes. You know, Marvel Ultimate. No, Talmud All Stars. <laughs> That's a wonderful oh, God idea. Damn, Samson. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could get um, Sam, R- Ron Perlman to play Samson before he dies. We could, but why would we want to? Money, Kieran. The Christian, we, yeah, the Christian. That's um, true. The Christian cinema dollar. audience in America is is because they only have David A. R. White's Pure Flix channel at the moment, and that is terrible. <laughs> it's bad. That is, those are bad films. Not 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 even like in the sense that they are morally appalling. It's just as a piece of work, they are terrible, terrible films. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. We could probably get Kevin Sorbo, who. Is, Kevin has not only been in a series of really terrible Christian films recently, yeah, but also Kevin has Sorbo a history a of playing a divine strongman. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Sorbo but he's already done. That's true. He was Hercules. Hercules he's already he? done Hercules. So why not just redo that? That's true. But we could turn Christian because you can essentially like Samson's adventures because they're only really like very vaguely referred to. There's endless room for padding. Yeah, you could have him getting yeah, up to yeah. all sorts Monster of high of the things. Week. 
you could have him you could steal characters from other parts of the Bible and you know he defeats Baal uh, by murdering Baal's entire worshipper base and <laughs> I was about defeats- to say, just wiping <laughs> out cities. <laughs> The the the, the small scale plots are very cities go but- <laughs> cities go up and down like fucking mushrooms in the Old Testament. It's uh, it's very Journey of the West. It's like when you you've yeah. got this kind of extremely small, very specific like area of geography that for some reason just extends infinitely and contains innumerable cities and temples. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Ah, oh, man. Uh well, I mean, we should. We're kind of. We We've should, sidetracked ourselves a little bit, haven't we? We should get on point and wind it up before this comes another two-hour episode. Yeah, uh, for sure. I just realised it's a quarter to four. You were now. talking about. You talk. You were talking about the cunt in the the near the Parliament House. Yeah. So, uh, Charles uh, Gordon, Charles George mm. Gordon, right, was like potentially um, an ephebophile. And uh, definitely mm. a uh, horrible international criminal. The only thing yeah. that is good about him is that he didn't like slavery. Right. However, his attempts to um, eradicate slavery in Sudan not only mm. kind of violated like international sovereignty principles, they also caused just the entirety of the Nile Valley to collapse into violence um, because Gordon's solution to slavery was to just like murder huge numbers of people. That, um, that doesn't sound at all like Western foreign policy to me. Are you sure? Are you sure you haven't? He was also very prominent in the Opium Wars, which uh, Keen. Uh, listeners will remember mm. was a series of violent conflicts in which the British Empire slaughtered uh, thousands of Chinese people uh, so that we yeah. could continue to force them to take opium. Yeah, it's really and then the, the subsequently most... like blame the Chinese for being associated with opium when it was we who had yeah, sold yeah. them in the first place. <laughs> I was going to say, like, obviously, obviously, Western powers had refined their technique by the time the CIA was pushing crack cocaine in in poor suburbs in LA. But it's like that. The Opium Wars is very much the the most uh, open and obvious that dynamic has been. Is like, no, we need drug addicts. We need desperate people. You all serve a valuable uh, purpose in the economy. So I'm sorry, smoke. Yeah, literally. Um, Literally the case. Um, Gordon was killed in Khartoum um, because basically, so the Mahdi- Because an anvil dropped on his head? He had, no, it was- was, Because he was chasing somebody and they painted a a tunnel on a cliff and he 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 ran into it too fast and died? He was run through with a spear. Um, Mm. Basically, cartoon sounds like cartoon listener. That was the the crux of my <laughs> Oh, I think it's a Which reference just to no the. Sold. Uh, well, the the audio is not that great, Kieran. I'm 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 not picking up a lot of nuance. Cartoon's a reference okay. to an elephant's trunk, I think, because it's built on a spur of land, which is the fork of a river, which sort of looks vaguely like the trunk of an elephant. Okay. It's now the capital cool. of Sudan. Um, that's a pub trivia bit for you. Of North Sudan, I okay. should say. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the the British had like upset the locals enormously, and with Remington rifles and things as they will want to do. 
And yep. so uh, the Mahdi had sort of caused an uprising to happen and they were marching on Sudan, on Khartoum. And uh, the government said, all right, Gordon, go and rescue all of the white people from Khartoum. So Gordon went to rescue all the white people from Khartoum. But rather than do that, what he decided to do was fortify the city and stay and fight. Um, and hence he was run through with a spear, and all the people he was supposed to have evacuated were killed. And um, so the bad guy in this case became the, you know, people who were trying to get their country back, (laughs) not the idiot who had fought a battle he wasn't supposed to. (laughs) Um, So he's he's basically, like, caused a city to be wiped out. He uh, went into battle to make people take drugs, he um, has potentially like interfered with uh, scores of adolescent boys. He yeah. uh, did try to abolish slavery, but he tried to abolish slavery through basically ethnic cleansing, which is not better. Um, no. And we have a statue of him outside Victoria's um, Parliament Station and Parliament House. He's... Mm. A, a, a man who is of historic significance and should be taught about, right? We should be learning about yeah. him and guys like him in textbooks, but uh, we are not taught about him. We are just given a statue of him with the implication being that he was great. Yeah, yeah. And this is the so, problem the- with mm. people who say, well, statues are a chance for us to understand our past. We should understand even the darkness of our past, you know, the bad things that happened. Hmm. You're like, yeah, but that's the opposite of that is achieved by having these statues because these statues yeah. imply that these people were good because they're on display in civic centers, you know? Yeah, exactly. If you wanted to be like, let's have a uh, memorial to the indigenous people who were killed with the, uh, even like the first fucking wave of European arrivals, like the guy that Cook shot, yeah, right. Have a statue. Yeah. F- have a statue of him. You know, yeah. That's that's I how mean, you teach the past. If you're going to use statues as like an educational tool, you have statues of the victims of the atrocity. You don't have statues of the fucking people that committed the atrocities. Yeah. Yeah, in um in Mexico City, and I'm not suggesting I don't know the state of Mexico City statuary generally or whatever. I do know that they have a lot of dope socialist art and stuff. But they've got it on their one of the main avenues. They've got a huge uh, statue in the middle of a roundabout to the indigenous leader who led the resistance against the Spanish when they landed. And like, yeah, give me that shit. Yeah, that's much more important than you know. Hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I Obviously, like, these people aren't arguing in good faith, right? Because there's no, no good. No. What they're trying to do is say, I'm not a white supremacist, but. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's obviously foolish of me to treat it as a good faith attempt to argue. There was that Facebook post, you recall, um, mm. about the hiking of the university fees, where I had used as to what the statue simps would be thinking about this uh, very real obstacle to history being placed. And 
of the boomers who replied the timing to me, of this fucking irony yeah yeah not on. one of them had anything to say about the fact that history education was being rendered uh, untenable for anybody but the wealthy they were all just yeah. like going, what's wrong with the statue though <laughs> yeah 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 i did notice that yeah completely missing the point of the post willfully you have to assume like i had uh, I don't know what it is. The reactions, like, have been fairly funny because on the whole, we're in a positive moment here. Like, populations in various countries are deciding en masse that enough is enough, that the the democratic petitioning removal process that can take 12 years and then get thrown out by a judge, like, that shit isn't working. So, collectively, we're all deciding we'll take them down. We own them collectively, so we'll take them down. That stuff is all very positive. And so, in light of that, by and large, the reactions have just been amusing. Yeah, they have. They're so toothless. So there was the the Captain Cook statue that everybody was, uh, all the fucking chuds were were frightened for. They were frightened for his safety. Our James, and um, which I don't think even he f- would have been, to be honest. Like I, no. I, I don't, from my understanding well, of Captain Cook as an actual person rather than a historic figure, I don't think he hmm. was particularly like interested in having statues of himself everywhere. He seemed to be much more like focused on kind of quantifiable um, uh, advancement, you know, like he wanted to not be a poor guy from Yorkshire. He was interested in having a nice house and, uh, you know, a butler, but I don't think he was particularly busy chasing public honors. <laughs> sure, sure. And, you know, that's another layer of irony to, to, to layer over the top. So the two reactions that I saw that that were most amusing, the first one isn't amusing to retell, but it's just that Captain Cook statue. There was those three or four fucking uh, weird mutant-looking right-wing dudes who went to protect it, including the fucking very strange-looking dude in, like, a Dreiserbone... Yeah, uh, or or a hat. Like it's hard for me to. He had a stupid hat, but it's hard for me to tell how much of it is what I actually saw in the photograph, and how much of it is my mind painting extra gaudy details onto such onto the resonant image of the fake fucking countryman, uh, fake uh, like bush ranger looking dude. Uh, <laughs> All of whom standing look like weakly in front of the such a consistent theme of um, reactionary kind of uh, violent thugs is that they all look as though they are seriously roughage deprived. I've probably commented on this before, but the way they stand, the way they walk, like everything about their posture suggests that they've kind of never had a clean bowel in in, in some while. There's something very literally shitty about them. Well, I mean, it makes sense that if they're driven entirely by personal animus and 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 just instinct and emotional response, that they wouldn't ever take the the chance to think uh, maybe I should eat something that doesn't just immediately satisfy the fucking carbohydrate receptors in my brain. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't uh, for the small movement of like Nazi vegans that you eat from Northern Europe and, and the US, I would be kind of tempted to mm. say that right-wing ideology is just a product of eating only egg and bacon for <laughs> 20 years and <laughs> just having a completely, yeah. like, li- an irritable bowel leading to an irritable brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would be, I would believe it. 
So the second reaction that I saw, which is which is the funniest uh, one, I think, is the the statue in Bristol, whatever that fucking dude's name was. Colston. Uh, Colston, yeah. So the the Britain first boys, the stupid, meaty, uh, just useless golem men, came out the day after uh, in 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 an attempt to rescue their hero, and they had watched oh, the tr- video, presumably, <laughs> or seen the photos of the needing, like, six protesters to push this thing down, to roll this thing down the street, to yeah. throw it in the river. And they were diving into a filthy fucking completely <laughs> opaque river one at oh, a time. Was a fucking one tree, has it? to assume in the in the belief that they could single-handedly drag up a giant bronze statue from the riverbed yeah, without I think any it, sort of equipment. It weighs something like five or six times what an adult human does because it's larger than a yeah. real person and yeah as you said it's basically bronze <laughs> like an yeah. intent an incredibly heavy metal so watching these fucking like round thick idiots pull off their uh uh shirts and jump into just absolute petri dish water just bacterial fucking chaos when this was after one of them had tried to fish it out originally with like you know those um those kind of pool uh, long-handled pool nets that you like guys <laughs> yeah, use to yeah. fish leaves and shit out yeah who were literally trying to like somehow yeah. catch it with that and raise it to the surface it was fucking hilarious like i know the buoyancy yeah, sure of water makes things easier to move around and you like you can lift yeah. things that you definitely couldn't on dry land with the buoyancy of water but yeah. it's not that efficacious <laughs> no it was a people, was, even if you were strong enough drown because they're not able to get their boots off darcy like yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna be able to just uh, hoist up a fucking statue like your poseidon and oh, pass goodness. it up to the dude who's waiting on the fucking shore it was fucking delightful wasn't it it was absolutely delightful yeah. Uh, and also worth noting, by the way, that I still haven't heard a mm. peep from anybody on the right about the abolition by Rio Tinto of the um, ancient indigenous dwellings in the Pilbara. Do you remember the 50,000-year-old yeah. accommodation that still had like yeah. tangible artifacts, accessible artifacts in it? That's yeah. something that like there should be a tribunal in Australia – where if you commit that kind of crime against humanity, you are, you know, taken to court for committing a crime against humanity, for committing acts of yeah. like ethnic cleansing, uh, which yeah. is what it is. A hundred percent. And not a single statue simp has expressed the slightest concern about the fact that we no. are destroying indigenous heritage genuine, and real history. Genuine history. Yeah. Not just fucking aesthetic payans to to pederasts and slave owners, but yeah, the actual... art collecting pedophiles. Yeah, no actual <laughs> yeah, real yeah. human history, right? And not just indigenous yeah. history; it's global history. Like the fact that we had an indigenous society in Australia 
50, 60,000 years ago is actually something of global significance. It's not just like, oh, we have to preserve this for the sake of the indigenous people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, yeah. If, as if that wouldn't be enough in the first instance. Of course, it's that's ample reason to do it. But the fact that it's like actually an important part of our global understanding of what human beings are uh, also doesn't factor yeah. into it, which is just crazy to me. A hundred percent. It's it's genuinely when you when you uh, recontextualize it in light of that it's staggering it's a staggering crime yeah it's and- absolutely staggering it's a and it's 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 for the purpose of of extracting you know is, was it iron I think um, uh, or coal yeah, I, I I'm not sure uh, but you know for extracting a product that exists in such abundance in Australia, there was absolutely Mm. no like overriding need to target the location they targeted. It was just expedient for them. No. Yeah, of course. Well, because they don't give a shit. And it's like, I don't know. It's, I think an important uh, part of the journey of awareness that, that people like you and me fundamentally quite comfortable, uh, uh, middle-class white people have to take in in beginning to actually understand the history of what's gone on with uh, the indigenous peoples and, and the settlers, the, col- uh, the colonialists, is understanding that that shit is active, willful, lazy, and still going on. Like, that should be a fucking huge wake-up call to people, but I don't know. For some people, it's just not, I guess. Well, for some people, there will never be a wake-up call because they're too comfortable yeah. immersed in their um, in the fantasy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, any attempt at you know trying to extend education to them or share ideas with them will always be viewed as hostile, no matter how you conduct it, and no matter what your previous relationship to them was. You know, um, yeah. I think it's fairly common now for people to experience long-term serious fallout uh, from what they had thought were inviolable relationships, really, just Mm. because of this uh, desire to address the historic wrong of imperialism and to kind of critically think about it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But Uh, it's also, it's it's a small loss to you if somebody in your life takes the critique of racism and genocide personally and decides to abandon uh, <laughs> you. Um, yeah. It's it's probably in your interest to just let them do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, once you've, once you've, cr- once you've crossed that Sezura into the land of the always already, this person is a fucking monster. Like, yeah, there's, there's no way to repair that or to maintain that or to rescue that in a, in a satisfying way for sure. You're always oh, just gonna and, be thinking. Uh, oh, what about that? Hmm. Anyway, we should we should wrap it up, Kieran. Um, we should. Any final thoughts before we go? I do want to uh, acknowledge the fact. I know that listeners may have been hanging out for this. It, it has been a turbulent month generally, or a couple of months generally. It's been a particularly turbulent month or two in the world of Musk. And I do intend to uh, 
to to collect, collate, and present all of the information regarding uh, our favorite tech bro. But there's a lot of I would have done it for this, but there's just a lot of material to to arrange. Well, if anybody wants to like tide over their um, Elon Musk uh, uh, addiction. You can you have recourse to a stopgap measure from Robert Evans. Uh, he has a two-parter on Behind the Bastards now about why he mm-hmm. doesn't like Elon Musk, um, sure. which involves. I don't think it's fair to call that a stopgap when it's a far more professionally researched and presented and long uh, thing than 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 I'll ever do. But Robert yeah. Evans doesn't seek praise. He does what he does for the people. Sure. Also, he, he won't hear this, so you don't need no. to worry about upsetting him. <laughs> I'm not defending him. I'm defending myself. That was a, a classic gesture of false humility, and I'm astounded that you didn't uh, recognize it, but <clears throat> that's all right. Uh, it's because of the month I've spent studying equity and trusts. I have lost right. my ability to pick up on social cues. It's been replaced <laughs> by <laughs> equity law. Yeah. Well, that's nearly as useful. Uh, all right, yeah, you you can listen to Robert Evans' two-parter on Behind the Bastards on Elon Musk. If you want to email us, you can get to us at weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com, all one word, no tricks with the spelling. Correcto. At Week for Bleak on Twitter. Still not sure if that account is doing anything. Uh, yeah. Is there, what else am I forgetting? Anything? Um, Is there anything you wanna you wanna say to the listener before we let them go? Uh, uh, not especially. Uh, you know, mm. we do this for us, really, not for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, goodbye then. Goodbye and uh, and good good morning or 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 evening. Uh. Oh. <laughs>